You may be seated, and uh, children 12 and under can head off to Camp Pointway. There's some teachers back there that are just waiting to see you and do a lesson with you. Can't, you can't go. You're not there. You're, you're over that, all right? I know. He was, he was like leaning forward. He's like, oh, can I go? Can I go? And Kim's like, no, no, don't. No. It's good. It's good to have the, the kids. I also want to publicly thank uh, uh, Ernie and uh, Heidi for kind of jumping in. As been mentioned, we have a lot of folks that are sick, and so we've been kind of piecing together our worship team and uh, reassembling and putting back together again, and so they did a good job this morning. So if you get a chance, make sure you thank them for that. Uh, they've been into extended duty because of uh, everything that's going on. So I had this great idea this week. I know, it's going to shock you. I had a moment where I had a thought. I'm like, all right, we're in the middle of 40 days of prayer. We've been talking about prayer. Prayer is one of those things that's important. How about I do a message on prayer? <laughs> wow. I thought it was a great moment. I thought, yeah, I got one. I got one. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, of course, Charlie. I know. But now we've been working through um, some of the, the things that are going on, and, and prayer is important. And again, and when you tackle that subject, I don't know if you've ever looked in the Bible, but if you look for something about prayer, you can almost flip through every chapter of the Bible. Take me up on it. Let me know the ones that you don't see prayer in it. But there is prayer all throughout the Bible. Old, new, Gospels, Revelation, all the way through. There's elements of prayer in there. And again, at its base... Prayer is communication with God. It's an amazing thing that God, who created us, created the universe, everything he did, allows us to go to him and talk to him directly. That's an amazing thing. That's just, no other place does that happen, except for in Christianity. We're able to do that and utilize access to him. And that being said, it's probably one of the most unutilized things that we do, right? I Every time I go to a conference I, or I'm at a pastor group, we, we, we come into that conviction. We don't pray enough, right? Um, how about just making decisions, right? Decision making, right? How many times, all right, I'll, I'll just do me. How many times do I confess that I make decisions on what Charlie thinks and not what God tells me, right? I'll say, hey, God, I got this one. This is an easy one. This is a no-brainer. I'll just go ahead and make that decision. Can I tell you? Almost nine times out of ten, maybe closer to ten out of ten, it's the wrong decision, right? And even if it's the right decision, I'm not always doing it in, the, in my best. I'm not always doing it with the right heart, the right attitude. And then I got to come back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. You know what? I can't handle this. Yeah, it seems simple to me, but guess what? I needed your help in that. I missed something in that. There was something else you had for me to do in that. Sometimes God gives us that answer in prayer, and it's not what we would normally think, right? It's not logical. It doesn't make sense, right? We talk about those prayers of faith. That's just one element, prayers of faith. Last week, we did a little mini-series, right? And we, we talked about depression and how to get out of that, and we talked about that relationship with God, right? Elijah talking to God and hearing God's gentle whisper, right? That was a form of prayer. It was part of that communication with God. We also flipped over to Philippians, right? Yes, 
I did Old Testament and New Testament all in the same sermon. I, I don't normally do that, but did that. And we talked about worry, right? All right, here's a test. Some of you were here last week. What is the key to worry? Wow. You know I don't ask rhetorical questions. All right, what is the key to worry? What are we to do? Huh? Cast your cares, which is another word for prayer, right? Sounds simple, but how many times do we kind of stay in the worry, right? In fact, I even gave that little that little quote, right? Why worry when you can pray, right? It's a tough morning. I feel like I'm dragging it out of you a little bit. All right, some of you are visiting. You you get you get grace. You get you that were here last week. No grace. All right, come on. All right, just kidding. I love my folks. I really do. But prayer is essential to that. Prayer helps us get out of that. It helps us get out of depression. It helps us get out of worry. That's only a small sampling of what prayer does. You know, this morning the, the ladies were talking about repentance, right? That's part of that as well. Going to God and asking, right? That's this. We talked about praying for our nation, right? That's a prayer of intercessory, right? That's We're praying for not necessarily our own personal sin, but the sins of our nation. And that's a, that's a huge prayer, and that's something we need to do as well. You say, well, that's not sound like fair, but guess what? You know why we do that? It's because the sins of our nation or the sins of even us as a church body affect us. Whether we like it or not, other people's sins affect us. And we have consequences for that, and we have things that we need to repent of in that as well. We're not islands unto ourselves. Right? So that's, all of that's encompassing that. So, I know, I'm going to land this plane eventually here, but we're going to settle in this morning on James chapter 5. Again, as I was slipping through, there's all sorts of prayers, and um, there's prayers from mothers, there's prayers from uh, David, there's certainly lots of prayers, but I settled in on James this morning, chapter 5. It was actually one of our readings this week, and I'll, I'll admit it. Ernie, like, you have a favorite song? I have one of those favorite books. James is one of those books I really like and I like to dig into. And so I went back to James chapter 5. And so we're going to do part of that this morning. Now, a little background, because you that know me, I like to have background. It helps us give context. James is the half-brother of Jesus. He's also the founding pastor of the first church in Jerusalem. That's pretty well agreed upon by most scholars. There's some disagreement. But James is that core church that comes out after the day of Pentecost, after things are just beginning, that Jerusalem church is right there. Those are the the first believers. And James is written early on, and again, it has a Jewish flavor to it, because most of his converts were Jews, right? They hadn't really expanded yet. There wasn't a lot of Gentiles. And again, to be honest, living in Jerusalem wasn't a great place for Gentiles to be anyways, because they were excluded most of the time. So the core is, is fairly Jewish. So some of the references church can give us that flavor, give us that background. But it's written as a church that's just starting. And James is pleading to not only his church there, but as persecution's coming to some of the church, smaller groups that are going out from there. And so he's writing this letter to encourage them, to strengthen them, to help them to hold together. In unity. So that's part of the background here. And so I know we're going to jump to the end of the letter. And with most writers in the New Testament, the end of the letter kind of gives us the, the, 
the thought that's been going on throughout the whole letter. So that's why we're going to jump there, and prayer is going to be the focus this morning. So verse 11, oh, man, Brandon, you're good. Ah, Brandon, thank you as well. Brandon's been pressed into duty a couple weeks in a row now. He's it's not that we won't let him out of the booth, but he's just, uh, he's been there for a while, so, as he's covering for those that are, are ill, so. Verse 11, we're going to pick it up there. It says, as you know, we considered blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord's finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy, right? It's a great encouragement here. And again, it's a transition verse. It's, it's bringing us from what he's been talking about. And he's been pulling different segments out. And he's saying, hey, persevere. Right? Remind, persevere. And again, he's talking about persevering in our faith. Remain, remind, remain, reminding us and remaining in our faith. And there's a lot that goes with that. You're here this morning because you've persevered. You've, you've gotten up this morning. You've, you've taken a shower, most of you. Hopefully most of you have taken a shower. I don't know. I'm not checking. No, you've had your cup of coffee. You, you got in your car and you got here, right? You persevered. You worked through. Now, I, I almost guarantee there was probably something that probably got in your way that was a little bit, that would have been easily to say, you know, I don't want to bother with that. You know what? I'm, the alarm clock going off, right? Or, hey, I've had a long week. I don't want to be. No, there's blessings that come with persevering, working through that. And James is reminding them there. Perseverance matters. Perseverance is, is key to our faith. Working through those things. Yeah, there's some, sometimes there's extenuating circumstances, but to persevere, to keep going. Remember, in context here, these are people who are about to become persecuted for their faith. As it is, they've already kind of been disowned by many of their family. They've been disowned by the temple and the courts that are there. They're kind of in no man's land here as a new church. So they're already suffering some of that. And James is reminding them, persevere. And then I love that. The last sentence is a focus verse, right? You could, you could use that often, right? The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Don't forget that. All right, on to verse 12. It says, above all my brothers, do not swear by heaven or by earth or anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. So again, he's, he's making that warning here. He's warning them about being careful where you pledge your allegiance to. Be careful what you invest in, right? Again, the temptation for them, especially as that early church, was for them to go back, especially the Jews, to go back to the old way. Go back to the sacrificial system. Go back to all the, the rites of passage, all the remembrance to go back and rely upon their history, right? And certainly, you can make a case. I mean, traditionally, there was all these things. But again, as believers, there is no more sacrifice, right? Jesus was the final sacrifice. And so James is saying, hey, be careful that you don't go backwards. Be careful what you commit to, right? And then that verse is actually, Jesus repeated this and said this earlier too, and James is just repeating the same thing, and we talk about it quite often about letting your yes be yes and your no, no, right? No, no maybe in there. I hate maybes. I'll just tell you right now. I do. I, it's confession time. I have a hard time with maybe. Hey, right? 
Well, just said amen. Yeah, someone else is with me? Yeah, yeah tell me, right? <laughs> hey, do you want to go out for lunch today? Maybe. All right, what do, if I'm buying? Well, even if I'm buying sometimes, but, but what does maybe do to you, right? All right, so I got to put it on my schedule, but it's a maybe. So do I go to the restaurant? Do I, you know, do I have to ask again? Or you know, what does maybe mean? Maybe's nothing, right? It's a lot easier if you just say no. Hey, Charlie, you know, I don't want to have lunch with you, right? Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, I know, Jeff. You're always good for lunch. You, you and I, we, we do lunch. I wasn't looking for lunch, but, no. but the, the yes and the no, right? And again, I'm making fun of lunch, but that happens with a lot of things, right? And again, trying to read that gets frustrating, right? And not just me, but I know others have that same problem, right? Uh, I need a commitment here, right? I need a count. I need to know how many people maybe doesn't do that for us. So let your yes be yes and your no, no. And then the next part of this here talks about condemnation, right? Because again, it, I want to go, I want to jump out here a little bit. It's, it's in my notes, but that condemnation can kind of mean if you're worried, it's an integrity issue. That's what it's saying, right? If you say yes and you mean no, that's an integrity issue. You know, walking gingerly here. But if we say we're going to do something and we don't do it, that's wrong. It's, it's a big argument. And I know, there are exceptions to that rule. There are things that happen in life. But in general speaking, we need to be people of our word. We need to commit. We need to persevere. We need to say, if we say yes, I say, Jeff, we're going to have lunch today. I better make sure that Jeff and I have lunch today. Right? And yes, I would even buy Jeff, so. But not today, so. Today would be no. Verse 13. All right, I've, I've, I've stepped out enough. I've, I've kind of, I'm probably on somebody's toes by now, but I'm going to get back to, to verse 13. And I have nobody in mind, just so you know, in, in that. I'm just, these are words of instruction for all of us, and I need to be reminded of them as well. Verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Right, I'm going to stop right there because there's a couple of things right, that just scream out in the passage, right? If any one of you is in trouble, right? Has anybody been in trouble recently? Fran's over there going up and down, and I know this. Fran got stuck this week, all right? She, she got off the road and she got stuck, right? She was in trouble, right? Yep. Now, to Fran, that's important, and she was in trouble, and she needed help, and so she did. And Fran, I, I know you well enough, I'm pretty sure you probably prayed a little bit as well, right? Lord, and, and calm me down, help me to think through this, I'm thankful. But that's only one type of trouble, right? There are many troubles that we get into, right? Situations, maybe situations with family members, with friends, maybe it's trouble with the law right? That happens. But what is the answer? Man, it's working hard this morning. It's, I mean, it's right there. Pray, right? right? Yeah. He says he should pray. Pray to God. Pray for wisdom. Pray for help. Pray. You can pray any type of prayer, right? 
I always kind of chuckle. I, I get this question every once in a while, especially with someone that's new in their faith. It's like, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. And I will say, for the most part, there's a couple of exceptions. Way, and we have no wrong prayers, right? Sometimes we, we think we got to pray in a certain way, and we have a, a flow, and you know, we got to pray in a certain order. That's not what God's looking for, right? Prayer is from the heart. Prayer is however it comes out. If your heart's screaming out, you need help, just say help. You don't have to start with our Father who art in heaven. We don't have to go through all that. Prayers from the heart. It's communicating with God. Hey, God, and God knows, so we don't have to dress it up. We don't have to, to make it look pretty. Now we tend to, to, to speak loudly and clearly if we're doing corporate prayer, but when we're just praying by ourselves, really, it just needs to be to the point, right, to God from the heart. And I, I guarantee um, you get in certain situations that prayer is going to be just screaming out, Lord, help. And you're not even going to know what you're asking for, but you're just asking for help. So again, if we're in trouble, just pray. Then it kind of flips, right? Right? Flips to let them sing songs of praise, right? We don't often think about it, but praise is another form of prayer, right? Because who are we praising? Who should we be praising? God. Hey, it's getting there. I like that. I just barely got that one out and boom. That's good. But you're right. Praising God. Why? Because God is worthy to be praised. God is the one that gives. God's the one that takes care of it. God's the one that can do these things. Sometimes we forget that part of that is part of our praise is really just a form of communication to God. We're just thanking him and praising him. Yeah, we do that on Sunday morning here together, but um, I've seen some of you, uh, you do it in your car, right? When the radio's playing and you're by yourself, um, you sing out. I crank up my radio and yeah, now I personally don't sing in front of you because I love you and I don't want to hurt your ears, but in the car by myself, I'm singing loud. I sang this morning down there, but I kind of got it in with the rest of you, so, but that's part of prayer, praising God. See all the different types? There's so many. I'm not going to get to all of them this morning, but there's so many ways that we are called to pray. It's important. All right, verse 14. This one kind of applies pretty quickly here, uh, for considering what we've been going through in many instances, right? Is any one of you sick, right? Hopefully, if you're sick, you're not here this morning, okay? I'll just say that. I'm hoping that, you know, we... We encourage you, if you're, you don't feel good, or you're sick, or you have symptoms, obviously stay home, try not to spread. We're, we're working on that. But again, we get sick, right? We have that, our bodies are not impervious to whatever, whether it's illness, injury, right? It's part of the curse. It's part of what we have to deal with. These bodies get old. They break down. They make noises in the morning, right? At least mine does now. At 55, when I get up in the morning, it's the old snap, crackle, pop, just getting out of bed. And it's like I've been laying on my back. Why in the world is something bothering me, right? Well, sometimes, depends if I'm helping move or something. That Sometimes it ends up going a little bit more. But generally speaking, in the morning, uh, but other times as well. But we are. We're susceptible to sickness, right? And notice here, it says... You, he, here, but it says, you can call the elders of the church to pray over it and anoint them with oil. We do that here at Pointway. 
Just so you know, it's part of Christian Missionary Alliance. We believe in that God heals. I will tell you, as someone who has done this numerous times, and I've filled the ball, there's no magic in the oil. In fact, I left mine on my shelf in there. I was going to bring it here this morning so you could even see it, but there's no, there's nothing with the oil itself. All the power is in the prayer, right? The oil is symbolic. I'll just tell you that right now. In fact, for you that cook, most of the time it's Crisco. Sometimes someone will give me olive oil, but I think the last batch is Crisco. It has no healing powers, right? Because the healing comes from God. But notice one thing here. It doesn't say the elders are going to run to you, right? There's a reason for that. The reason is you have to call upon the elders is you are asking for that help, right? That's part of the humility. That's part of the admitting that I need help, right? Helps with the pride issue, right? I am guilty of this. I'm, again, another confession. I feel like I'm, I'm confessing all my sins this morning, but I'm, don't. It'll be a long while. But as a man, and I'm just going to say it in general terms, I'm being sexist. You guys can correct me later. But as a man, I tend to ask for help. Right? I tend to do things on my own. I tend to pull myself up by the bootstraps, well, however you want to say it, and I do it without asking for help. Right? If I'm sick, I'll just try to gut it out. That's not always the best case. Believe me, I'm not a doctor. That doesn't work. Asking for So I think that's why it's set up that way. But if you are sick, you can call upon the elders. And I'll tell you, our elders are good here. They will gladly, we will gladly come and do that. And we'll pray over you. Again, that prayer. But you have to ask us. Again, it's not something we seek out to do, but we will do that for you. You can get more into anointing and healing prayer. But again, that's another type of prayer. Prayer for healing. I'm going to keep this moving this morning again because we're focusing on the... Um, the prayer part. Verse 15, it says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Again, Looking for a topic of prayer. That's why I like James 5, because there's a lot here in prayer. And it says that prayer offered in faith, right? Now, I already kind of set you up a little bit, right? It's not faith in the oil. It's not faith in the person. Where's the faith in? God. Whew. All right, good, good. We're, we're, we're doing good. We're, we're getting there. You guys are not as loud as you normally are, but yes, it's God. God does that work. That's where the healing power, it comes from God, that faith in him. He is the one. He's the one that's going to raise you up. But then there's a little catcher there. I don't know if you noticed it. In my text, it says if. Some of the older text says but. Either way, there's a So when you look, if he has sin, he will be forgiven. So when you look at that kind of in reverse, some of our sickness, some of our reasons we're not being healed, maybe, and again, not always, but maybe because there's sin, right? Maybe because we have something that we haven't confessed yet. Maybe there's something that we need forgiveness for. It's hindering us. It's causing us. It's part of the problem, right? 
So there's a reckoning of the heart between you and God. Right? So there's, there's that element of it that God puts in here as well, that we need to be in right standing with him. Right? We need to pray. Pray so that we may be healed, right? Because our sin keeps us from being healed in certain situations. Again, there's healing. I can get off on that, but God uses many different ways to heal, not just through, he does it through prayer, but he does it through the medicine. He does it through doctors. He does it through time. He can do it miraculously as well. It's different. If you look through the Bible, Jesus, is, he healed in many different ways. There's not a prescribed method. If you do it this, this, and this, you will be healed. Sometimes he used mud in people's eyes. Sometimes he just spoke it. Sometimes he wasn't even there. Again, that's another whole series on healing, so I'm trying not to get out of that. So let me get back over here. It's easy to do. Verse 16, Therefore confess sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I've wrestled with this verse. This verse is a little tough in some ways because if I think about it logically, it's like, so why do I have to confess my sins? Now, I know I should confess if it's something that I've done against somebody, but why should, do I have to confess my sins to another person? And I've come up with a couple of different reasons why I think this is important. But if we confess it to another person, A, they can help hold me accountable, Right? Yes, I'm old enough. I, I have accountability. Some of the things that I actually have a pastor that I'm accountable to, and, and we share on a weekly basis, and we talk about some of the things that we struggle with. And so there's accountability in that, right? And he'll follow up with me because he's a good accountability. But he'll say, hey, Charlie, you said you were going to go and talk to this person. You were harsh to them. Did you do that? So there's help there, right? Also, by confessing that sin to another person, it also shows that God's dealing with me, but it's also helping me become humble. Also for myself, again, these are some of the reasons I've come up with. For myself, if I confess it, say, to that pastor friend of mine, I let him know, hey, I'm struggling. I've sinned. I'll pick on PJ. She's not here. I can get away with it because um, you guys won't tell her. Right? No. I was harsh to PJ, and I need to go to her. Right? But I'm not feeling it yet. I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not... Yeah, I'm still trying to justify it. I'm still trying to work out. Well, when I go to my pastor friend, he goes, Charlie, you love your wife. You know you were harsh to her. You know you need to go to her. I'm like, Dave, I don't want to. And, and, and I'll say, you know, he'll bring me back and say, but you know what scripture says. And you know you love your wife, so you need to go to her. And so he'll even say, how are you going to do that? Right? And he can help me work through that. He can help me get in the right place. So there's, there's a lot of benefits to going to someone else and working that process through, confessing that sin. All right. Lastly, I didn't number these out, but there's, and they're not in any particular order. It's just as God's been bringing them to me as I was working through this. But lastly is it also helps to connect with other believers as well, right? You know, Don, you mentioned about having masks on, right? We all do that, right? Especially on Sunday morning. We all look pretty good. Everything's fine, as you, you mentioned, right? Well, you know what? Confessing that sin says, you know what? I, I'm struggling in this area. And I would dare say, even this morning, and I'm not picking on anybody because I don't know any of your situations, but there's probably, I'm not the only husband that's been harsh to his wife recently. 
Well, maybe I am the only one, but I, the wives are all going this way, but the husbands are like, oh, how do you know, Charlie? No. Right? But again, if confessing it helps us. Hey, you know what? Hey, if Pastor Charlie struggles with that, then you know what? I struggle as well, and I need to, to go and, and work on that relationship as well. Or maybe I can go talk to him about it because he knows the struggle. He understands the struggle. So again, there's a lot of benefits to that. There's a lot of reasons that we need to confess to each other. And this and, and pray for each other, right? I know my pastor, he's going to pray for me. He's going to pray that I get the opportunity and that I approach PJ with the right attitude when I ask her for forgiveness. And that it doesn't go sideways, that it goes well, and that our relationship is restored and it continues to grow. Right? Again, that's part of that healing. Sometimes healing, we think of only physical, but healing can be restorative to relationships, emotional, right? There's a lot of healing that can take place, psychologically, emotionally, physically, obviously, as well. And the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, right? We want our prayers to be effective, right? Do we want to waste time praying? We want to pray. Always a different way of looking at that, right? No, we want it to be effective, right? We, we want to pray and, and we want to see God move. We want to see God answer, right? Well, part of that is being in right standing, being clear of sin, being free of that. That's what's going to make us powerful. That's what's going to make us effective in our prayer life. All right, verse 17. Verse 17, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Again, James speaking to Jewish believers, Elijah is one of those prophets that's pretty high on the list. We might not put him there, and I I told you Elijah is one of my favorite. We actually looked at a passage, and we also know that Elijah struggled with discouragement, right? Depression, discouragement. Remember, running out the desert, broom tree, die. Tell me this is not the first time you've heard that, I hope. Right? He suffered. He's a man just like us. He has shortcomings. He goes through struggles. But also, Elijah had a prayer life. Elijah prayed. Interestingly, and, and James doesn't put it here, because he knows his readers know the story, but if you go back and look at the text, he actually prayed seven times for that to happen. It didn't happen on prayer one. It didn't happen on prayer two. In fact, poor, he had a, that servant. Remember that servant that he left out in the desert? He kept sending his servant out to go look on the edge of the mountain to see if it was raining. We can learn a lot from that, right? This poor servant had to go back and forth. I'm sure about, about five or six times, I know I would have, I've been like, hey, Elijah, this prayer is just not working. <laughs> I'm getting tired here, running out here, looking for something that's not there. But on the seventh time, there was a cloud in the horizon, about the size of a fist, it says in Scripture, right? God didn't answer his prayer on prayer one. It took seven times. Again, some James knows this. He knows his readers would know this, and he kind of harkens back to that perseverance. Sometimes we have to pray for the same thing over and over and over again. And you know what? It's okay. It's not because God doesn't hear us. It's just not the right time yet, or we're not in the right place yet. So we can learn a lot by that, and that's why that example is in here, and it's a reminder that we have to continually be in prayer. 
And some things are, PJ mentioned that, over and over again to get it in God's timing. All right, wrap it up here with these last two verses. Again, James pulls it all together here, and he's kind of sticking in these last tidbits here, so don't miss this. It says, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. Again, one of those verses I have highlighted as a reminder, right? And what I said, we have a responsibility. Just like sin affects us, other people's sins affect us, the reverse can happen as well. If we can help someone from continuing on in their sin, we can save them from a multitude of sins, right? Found this to be true. Maybe it only happens in my life, but I, I, I've found this to be true in a lot of folks' lives. We, we get off the mark, we do one sin, right? And the longer we stay out there, then we tend to do another sin, right? I'll, I'll use that PJ example, right? I'm harsh with her, right? Then I tend to get angry with her. I tend to raise my voice. I tend not to be kind to her. See, I'm, I'm multiplying the sins, right? The further away I get. The longer I stay out there, the more temptation it is to do more sin, right? To continue on in sin. And if it's not the same sin, I'll just add on the sins to it, right? It's part of what's in the process here is like, don't let that person continue on because guess what? The further they go, the longer they go, the further, the deeper they're going to get into it, the more sin they're going to have on their heads. Again, this death, again, can be physical death. Some, some sins do lead to physical death. If you keep doing a certain sin long enough, you can die. That's, that's a true statement. The other meaning of this as well is though we can have death of relationship. We can kill a relationship. Certainly, we're, we're not helping our relationship with God. You know me well enough, right? Our relationship with God is dependent on our relationship with each other. I can't say I'm in right relationship with God if I'm out with, in my case here, because she's not here, PJ, right? If I'm arguing with my wife and I'm being harsh and I have the ask for forgiveness, I am not in right relationship with God. The two can't... They have to be equal. There's a number of scriptures that talk about that. Right? We have to be in relationship with each other. We have to be good with each other in order for my relationship with God to be in good standing. And again, helping people to turn from sin not only helps them, but helps us collectively as a body. Again, there's ways to do that. That's another I think that's another two messages, but I'm not going to do that this morning. Right? There's the Matthew 18, Galatians. There's a couple of different passages we would use. So don't jump off on that. Don't start you know, standing at the door pointing out everyone's sin. That's not what I'm asking you to do. There's, there's ways to do that. This scripture talks about it. we are responsible to each other. We are to be looking out for each other and helping each other so that we don't continue on in sin. So I gave you a lot few verses. James gives us a lot. But if you don't walk away with anything else this morning, don't miss the importance of prayer. And don't think of prayer as only as just asking God for something. God's not a vending machine. He's not someone that we, we put our prayer in and get a return out. Right? Hopefully you see this. There's a lot more to prayer. Now God does answer our prayer. When we ask, we should ask. I'm not saying that. 
But that's not the only prayer. We need to praise him. We need to ask for help. We need to pray for each other. We need to have the right hearts. We need to pray for healing. Hopefully you see there's a lot to prayer. And hopefully as you see as we're going through these 40 days of prayer, you see the need to pray. Bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, as we've tackled that, that big topic of prayer, and we come to you this morning praying, Lord, and part of our worship, part of our praise, part of our petition, part of our request. Lord, first and foremost, we are thankful that we can come to you. Lord, that you've given us access to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, may it become more and more evident in our life that we are people of prayer and that we don't miss out on that. Lord, help us to be humble in, in our request to you, Lord, in our spirit, so that we may be effective and righteous before you. Lord, I thank you for this time this morning. I thank you for each and every person here. In Jesus' name, amen.